0: It has been an extraordinary Shabbos. Those of you who were able to join us Friday night and throughout Shabbos and Shal I thank Rabbi Kadosh Lita, and I thank Victor Arobas for inviting me and making all the arrangements. It's just wonderful to be here. For some reason, I always feel a connection to Moroccan Jews, and I'll tell you why. I remember the first time that I was in Eretz Yisrael, I was a teenager, I was 18 years old, And, of course, I wanted to go to different communities. And then Friday night, I was told that there's a Moroccan shul. And um, I went in there. It was before Shabbat. And I saw and I listened to the most incredible, incredible thing. And that was the little boys and their parents. But it was, to me, was the little boys. They were saying, Now, when I was a child, my mother always taught us to say Shira Shirim every Friday. I don't know what the source of it is, but Jews all over the world say Shir shirim At least they should. And of course, when I heard the kids say it with the Nigun, with the Nusach, that they say it, it was so beautiful that I went back to next Friday and I went and I recorded it. And for many years, I would always listen to it Friday afternoon. Uh, so here was something that my mother always insisted that I should do it. and I see the Moroccan little kids are doing it and of course they do it up here in the shul as well and I've seen it many places but to me that was really so special and as I mentioned the other night that when I was in that trip that was the first time that I saw Rabbi Taladano and um, Rabbi uh, I think his first name was Joseph Rabbi Yosef Taladano yeah. Well, oh, I'm sorry? Rabar Taldana, right. And that was the first time that I saw a rabbi with a red fez. You know, to me, a rabbi wear a down hat and up hat, a strimal. But I never saw a rabbi with a fez, a red fez. And um, it was so moving when he spoke because he was crying. And he was crying about what's going to be the future with Moroccan youth. And you come here and you see how beautiful the Kehillah is, the children, the parents, the grandparents and I'm sure that if Rabbi or to Racha, would be here in Toronto, he would be so proud of what all of you are doing, especially the women. What you're doing tonight is so incredible. I remember one time it occurred to me that a mother, a Jewish mother, is called Aim, Aleph Mem. Where does that word come from? And I think it comes from Adam to Mashiach. That's why a mother is called an Aim, because she's the one who brings the Klal Yisrael, from Adam Rishon until Mashiach. And so the women, as Chaim mentioned before, are such an integral part of what the Kehilla is all about. And, of course, I thank Esti Asayag and Joanna Zulai for speaking to me on the telephone and telling me about the importance of what all of you are doing. So I want to tell you now something that inspired me tremendously, but really when you think about it, it could inspire every single woman that's here tonight. Every single one of us, including the robe. My birthday is next Sunday, Tubishvat. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Tomorrow is my English birthday, but that's not what counts. The main thing is Tubishvat. And I love it because the whole world celebrates it. So, but on my birthday, a couple of years ago, somebody called me and told me something that was so surprising. And to me, I found it so invigorating, but really, every one of us can think the same thing. And this person said to me, you know, the day you were born many years ago, that was the day that God decided, that Hashem decided the world can no longer exist without you. And you know, that's an amazing thought when you think about that, every one of you, the day that you were born, that's the day that Hashem decided that the world can no longer exist without you. You know what that means? That we each have a role to play. There are no two people that are exactly alike. Even identical twins are not exactly alike. I have grandsons that are so exactly... I mean, they look... Of course, it took me until they were mitzvah to figure out who's who. You know? And I would always call Avi David and David Avi. But the point is, in personality, they're totally different. That I knew right away. So everyone is different. And every one of us, Hashem, put us in this world to accomplish something. And that's why on your birthday, think about it. The day you were born, that's the day Hashem decided the world can't exist without you. So we have a function in this world. And one of the functions is to make sure that Klal Yisrael exists. And it's so beautiful, the POSIK, that I feel is so appropriate for all of us in the month of Shavuot. The Torah, in Chumash Dvarim, tells us A person is like a tree. And the Sifri writes, The life of a human being You learn it about a tree, from a tree. Why? We all have roots. We all come from parents and grandparents and great-grandparents. So just like a tree has roots, mm-hmm. we all have roots. But on the other hand, we all hopefully have fruits. We have children and grandchildren. And what Rashi says, toledais doesn't only mean children. Offspring means what we accomplish in life. And every one of us it has roots and fruits. And that's the purpose. That's the purpose of getting together and especially that Hashem made it that we get together in the month of Shvat When we talk about trees, And we talk about the roots and the fruits. And so all of us in the sisterhood, we all come from wonderful families and wonderful backgrounds. But Hashem put us in this world to bring fruits, not only children and grandchildren, but to accomplish for the Kehima, and those are the fruits. And that's why it's so appropriate that we're getting together this night in Shabbat. Now I wanna show you something that to me is fabulous. Of course, we're in a Sephardi kehila, and many times in the Sephardi kehilas, they always call it the Zohar, the Zohar HaKadosh. And the Zohar HaKadosh says something that's amazing. He says that the word Yisrael, which means Israel, the Jewish nation of Klai Yisrael, you know what it stands for? The Shin Resh Al-Khamid. Yesh Shishin Ribuy Oisiyais There are 600,000 letters in the Torah. Why 600,000? Because 600,000 men went out of Mitzrayim. So every man that went out of Mitzrayim had a letter that's theirs. Now, all of us are descendants from those 600,000. That means each of us has a letter in the Torah that's ours. Now, to me, you can learn three great lessons from this Zohar Kadosh that says each of us has a letter in the Torah. One lesson is, what happens if you're laning the Torah on Shabbos, and the Balkira sees that one letter is missing? That's horrible. You have to close the Sefer Torah, you could have hundreds of thousands of letters that are perfect, but one letter is missing, the whole Torah is flawed. You gotta take it out, a different Torah, you have to put this one away. You know what that shows me? That if there's one Jew in Ontario, or one Jew in Toronto, or one Jew any place, that's not fulfilling their role as a Jew, then all of us, it's a question on all of us. Kirov is not only for and Hanesha Torah, Kirov is for all of us. A sisterhood has to feel an achrei as a responsibility to every Jewish woman in Toronto. We have to get everybody involved. Because if there's one letter missing, the Sefer Torah is flawed. And therefore... That's the first lesson that we learned from this Zohar. There's another lesson. No two letters in the Torah can overlap. No two letters can touch each other. That means every one of us, each of us, is special. Each of us has a role to play, and nobody overlaps. You come to a big community like Toronto, or to Brooklyn, or Los Angeles, or Chicago, or Yushalayim, so you might think, well, I'm nothing. You know, there's so many people, they don't need me. No, it's not true. Nobody overlaps. If one letter overlaps another letter, the Sefer Torah is possible. it's flawed. That's the second lesson. We each have a role to play and we don't overlap anybody and nobody overlaps us. But then there's a third lesson. Do you know that in the English language, there are words that are one letter, I, I go, I do, I think, A, a book, a table, a chair. In the whole Torah, there's not one word that has only one letter. You know what that means? To me, that shows that we can't do it alone. We need each other. You can't run a sisterhood, one person. It's impossible. We need each other. Those are the three lessons that we learn from the word Yisrael, which is Kal Yisrael, which is the community. We need every Jew. We don't overlap, we each have a role to play, and we can't do it alone. That's what's important. As a matter of fact, it's so interesting that the word community has the word unity in it. You ever think about that? Mm -hmm. Because without unity, there's no community. And that's what this gathering is tonight. As Chaim mentioned, we have to unite. We have to see the talents in every person. There are some women here that I am sure are great artistically. And that would mean that when you have a Hanukkah Mesiba or a Hanukkah event, there's certain women who will be, uh, it will be amazing. This whole place will be lit with candles and lights or whatever. You know, there's some women who know how to do that stuff. Others don't know that at all, but that's okay. You know, you don't have to be able to do any, everything. There's some women here that could give classes in Torah, in Tanakh, in Halakha. There's a pushka right over there. There's a box where you could put money in. The rabbi was telling me so that we could buy Sepharim. Every shul needs a fun in. Maybe the sisterhood should sponsor certain books. I'll tell you, well, my son wrote it. Uh, I guess it's, he's Ashkenaz. He wrote a sefer for daily halachas for women. Daily halachas for women. It's, it's unbelievable. It's put out by Arts I'll try to donate it. I'll try to get it to the shul. But most of the halachas are same, Ashkenaz and Tzvah. It makes no difference. But the point is, there are some women that can give classes. That's part of the sisterhood, to arrange that then there's some women who know how to bake and cook. And I understand I learned a new word from Joanne and Esty. I didn't know the word train meal. I didn't know what a train meal is. Like a train that serves meals, I didn't know what that <laughs> meant. But, but okay, and now I understand. In case somebody had a baby, so there are people who can bake and cook, and they'll provide meals. And al HaLutzlan, if somebody's sitting Shiva, so these people can bake and cook, that's what the system is there for. For In times of sorrow and in times of celebration, we're there for each other. That's what this is all about. That's what the community that has unity is all about. And that's what a sisterhood is all about. Now I'll tell you something amazing. The Chavetz Chaim says something on a bracha that we make very often, and maybe we just never thought about it. Let's say you have some water, or you have a banana, you have an apple, and you're going to say, Borei Fashot. So we say these words, Borei nefashot rabot Hashem created many living beings, viches roinon, and their deficiencies. Why did God make us imperfect? None of us are perfect. We have many talents, each of us has talents, but none of us are perfect. Why didn't God make everybody perfect? Wouldn't it be great that way? And you know what he says? The answer is right in the blessing. To maintain the life of every being. If everybody was a mohel like me, I would have no panasam, right? And if everybody was a speaker, I wouldn't even be here, right? And if everybody could do everything, then we wouldn't need each other. So I always give the example, let's say you have a rebbe, a mora, and they're educating our children, but they need clothes, they got to go to the tailor. And if the tailor needs food, he's got to go to the grocer. And if the grocer has a child that's sick, he's got to go to the doctor. And if the doctor wants a child to be educated, he's got to come back to the Rebbe or the Moran. So we all need each other. That's why we're not perfect. And that's why we need a sisterhood because none of us can do it all. A shul can't exist. A family can't exist. A sisterhood can't exist with only a few people as great as they are. We need everybody because nobody is perfect. And together as a unit, that's how we become perfect. And that's how we grow. Now to me, it is so amazing, something that I saw in Savanim about trees in Shabbat. Do you know that during the month of Shabbat, that's when the sap goes up in the trees and it causes the flowers to grow and to blossom. The sap cannot be seen. We know it's there because we know that in springtime, everything is going to blossom. And I think that's a great lesson, that many women should know that you don't always have to be front and center, that you could contribute to the blossoming of the Kehillah, and you're like the sap in the tree. Without you, it wouldn't happen. And there are many, many synagogues like that. There are many, many wonderful people who do things, but they don't get all the credit, but you don't need the credit. Hashem knows. That's the main thing. And like the sap of the tree, the flowers, it's not going to grow. Kia other mates, I saw that person is like a tree. Roots and fruits and sap, that's not front and center. But without the sap, it's not going to blossom. So every woman that's here tonight, no, there will be something. Joanna and Esti, they'll find a job for you. They'll see your talents and they'll utilize it. But you might not be on the bulletin. Don't worry, that's not, you don't have to be on this bulletin. Be on God's bulletin, that's really what counts. And what you wanna do is for the benefit of the community, for the benefit of the Kila. And as Chaim mentioned, it doesn't happen without the women. I wanna tell you a great story about a woman. You won't believe this story. Most people don't know this story. You know, we all know that there are thousands and thousands of men learning Dafyomi. Where did Ramea Shapiro get this idea? What a brilliant idea. He was 36 when he proposed the idea at a Guru's Yishroel convention, and he spoke about that idea, and people were amazed, and of course it took off. Now listen to this. You know how it happened? He was a little boy. He was nine years old. He was a genius. And his mother had a tutor for him. Every day the Malamed would come. And what happened was that they decided, the Shafirol family decided to move to a different area, and that Malamed couldn't travel. It was too far. So she made arrangements in the other town that the day that they moved there, the Muhammad of that town should come to teach her little mayor. They came late in the afternoon. There must have been some mix-up. And by 9, 10 o'clock at night, the mother realized the Muhammad, the tutor, is not coming. And she sat down and she started crying. And the little boy, was frightening. He saw his mother cry. He said, Mama... Was vainstu. He said in the other, why are you crying? Listen to what she said. She said, a day of learning that's lost is gone forever. Even if you learn with this tutor tomorrow everything you could have learned today, but you could have learned today, and you can't learn tomorrow what you learned today, because tomorrow you could have learned everything that you're supposed to learn tomorrow. And that was the seed in his brain about Tafiyomi, that you have to learn every day. And I'll tell you an amazing thing. You know, when it started, it's amazing. It started in the summertime. And what happened was it really started the first night of Rosh Hashanah. The Geri Rebbe was the one who got all the Ger Hasidim and he took out the Gemara Baruchas. He said, tonight we're going to start the Afi That night, Rav Shapiro's sister had a dream. And she wrote him a letter. And she said to him, my dear brother Meir, the first night of Rosh Hashanah, I don't know, I dreamt of our mother. She died years ago. I never dreamt of her before. I don't know why I dreamt of her. And I dreamt she was wearing a crown in Olamaba. And Rab Hirschbrum from Montreal, who was a talmud of Rabbey Shapiro, told me the story. He said, And people said to Rabbey Shapiro, You know why your sister had that dream? Because it was your mother's idea that a day of learning that's lost is gone forever. And that's why she had that crown on her head the night of Rosh Hashanah, because that's when the dafyomi started. So it's the women, many times, who come up with the ideas. And many times, they're not front and center. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you something. It's so amazing. I once heard this from Vigda Miller. David Amelach said, "Ona HaShem, HaShem, please help me. Please, On HaShem, please. Ani Avdecha, I am your servant, Ben HaMosecha. Your maidservant, the daughter of your maidservant. Doesn't even say the mother's name. David is praising his mother, and he doesn't even say her name. And that's amazing. And why? Because sometimes a woman is in the background, but she gets the credit. David HaMelech, no, he wouldn't be who he'd be, who he was, without his mother. And that's what the sisterhood is there. You're the root and the fruit of the community. And it is so beautiful that you're getting together, especially, especially in the month of Shavuot. I want to tell you two great stories, and with that, we'll close. This story was told to me. There was a little boy many, many years ago. He lived in the northern part of England. And one day in the autumn, he went with his rebbe. They were taking a walk in the park. And the branches were gorgeous. The leaves, red, orange, brown, and green, just beautiful. And as they were walking, all of a sudden, a leaf fell off and fell on a park bench. And the Rebbe picked up the leaf, and he said to the little child, he said, you see this leaf? This leaf thinks it's free. This leaf thinks it could fly any place, but he doesn't realize he's gonna die in a few days. He's gonna wither, you know why? Because he's no longer connected to that tree of life. So he thinks that he's free, he can fly wherever he wants, but it's only a matter of time until he withers. And he said, the Rebbe said to the little boy, he said, as you get older, my child, you're going to meet all kinds of Jews. You're going to meet all kinds of Jews. You're going to meet Jews who say, I'm free. I can eat what I want. I can drive what I want. I can watch what I want. But they don't realize if they're not connected to the Eitz Chaim, to the tree of life, which is the Torah, Yiddishkeit is going to end by them. And their families are going to go off. And they won't have fruits of Yiddishikinda why? Because they're not connected to the tree. And that little boy kept the lesson with him all his life. You know who that little boy is? Rav Solomon, the Mashkiach He told me the story himself. And I remember I asked him when I saw him and he told me the story. I said, who's that Rebbe who gave you that great lesson? And he said, I don't remember anymore. It was so long ago. I was a little boy in the early childhood. But you know what we learned from that? That we got to hold on to the Gedolim. We have to hold on to the Torah. And that's what's so important that the sisterhood has to know. There's a Torah authority that's sitting here. Rabbi Kadosh or the other rabbis in the community. A sisterhood is great, but we have to hold on to the Torah. We have to have guidance. Sometimes you're going to have decisions that you have to make. Do you invite this person or don't you invite this person? Do you make this Party on this day, or don't you make it? And there will be decisions. And we have to have the decisions by Torah authority. We have to hold on. That's what the month of Shabbat is all about. A sisterhood is great, but it has to take its directives from the Torah and the Torah personalities. That is so imperative. Not that they're an individual entity deciding what they want to do separate from the shul. They work together with the Rabbanim, they work together with the rabbis of the community. And that's really what it's all about. And I just want to end with this magnificent thing. I remember many years ago, the first time I was in Manchester, in England, I was about to speak for 500 women, and just as I'm about to leave the house, somebody said to me, you know, there's a woman with MS, and she's waiting for you to go visit her. I said, what are you talking about? I have 500 people waiting. I can't just stop. No, you got it. She's a genius, and she's paralyzed, and she's waiting. Please, just go in to talk to her for two minutes. Okay, how do you say no to a woman who's got MS and is in a wheelchair? I come inside. Her name was Rebecca Javi Waksha. And there were 20 women sitting around the table waiting for her to come in to give a shiur. This was in her dining room. She was, I guess, behind the curtain, because when I walked in, I didn't see her. And then they opened up the curtain and somebody wheeled her in. I thought my heart would fall. A radiant 40 year old woman who was never paralyzed. And, you know, she sits at the table and she says, Rabbi Krohn, I need a favor from you. And I'm thinking like, how in the world, no matter what she asked me, how am I gonna say no in front of all these people? I don't know what she was gonna ask. And she said, I'm writing a book about my adversities, my difficulties in life. And I need you to write me a letter like a letter of blessing and approbation. I said to her, I've never done that before. You have such Tzadikim in Manchester. You have Rav Segel here. I know Rabbi Brevda comes to visit you. Ask them. She said, no. I may get them, but I want you because I listen to your tapes. I listen to your cassettes. And I've, I've read your books. Please. So how am I going to say no? So I said to her, look, you know, obviously I can't write the letter until I read the book. So when I get to New York, if you send me the manuscript and I read it and I like it, you know, I'll, I'll write the letter. And I figured over the phone, you know, I could say no. You know, 6,000 miles <laughs> away. But she was one step ahead of me. She said, I have it right here. <laughs> oh okay, so I took it. Obviously, I went to speak. And then I was, the next day I was in London. And then I was flying back. I started flying back. I started reading the book, I couldn't put it down, I couldn't stop crying. She was writing how difficult her life became. She she writes one of the saddest days of her life, it's so amazing, you don't even think about it. It was the day her daughter graduated, the eighth grade. And she said, all the girls look so beautiful, all the mothers look so beautiful, and my daughter had to walk into the auditorium with a mother in a wheelchair. And she said, I felt so bad for my daughter, and I know that I was so embarrassed for myself. And that's the life that I'm living in. And I was reading on and then she had one sentence in that book. And when I read that sentence, when I got home, I called her and I said, I want you to know I'm going to write you the letter. Besides that, the book is wonderful. But this sentence is worth the whole book. Listen to this sentence. Try never to forget it. Put it up as a logo. And she writes, it wasn't her thought. She saw it someplace. Any fool can count the seeds in one apple. You don't have to be a big chacham. You open up an apple, you count the seeds. But only God, the highest power himself, can count the apples in one seed. Look how brilliant that is. Any fool can count the seeds in one apple, but only God himself knows how many apples lie in one seed. And that's what a sisterhood is all about. You plant seeds for the community. A seed of Torah, a seed of friendship, a seed of unity, A seed of achtos, and it grows, and it blossoms. And people who feel that they had no connection all of a sudden have connection. And that's a great lesson in life. You do a favor for a person who's down, you give them a loan, you put your arm around them, you make them feel special, that's a seed. And when you plant that seed, many, many apples can grow. And all of us have had that. When we were down, somebody helped us and gave that seed, and we were able to blossom. Hashem should bless all of you in this wonderful sisterhood that you should be able to grow and know that every one of you is important. Just remember the day you were born, that's when Hashem decided the world can't exist without you. You have a role to fill, every one of you. And when you do it, Yisrael, together, everyone knows that no letters can overlap, but we can't do it alone. There are no one-letter words in the Torah. Hashem needs all of us. You should work together. You should prosper and grow. And just like we said, the mothers in Klai Yisrael, Aim, Aleph Mem, from Odom to Mashiach. You should help. That Mashiach should come in our time. I mean, I hope it will come in America, but if he comes in Toronto, (laughs) we'll We'll get him a flight. Thank you so much.